My name is Skeletoni. My name is Taylor of Terror. Welcome to episode 93 of the Grave Plot Podcast. 92. What did I say? 93. Skipping ahead. I wish it was 93. Then we would just be one closer to 100. Uh, yeah, so this is our very special Italian episode where we're going to be focusing on the heyday of Italian cinema, horror cinema. Um, the early to mid 80s, hmm? the early to mid 80s, well, late 70s, early 80s. The movies you're talking about are 80 and 85. It's true, whatever. <laughs> uh, very well known names, uh. In Italian filmmaking, um, but we'll get into that later. Uh, so, how you doing, Taylor? I'm doing well. In in honor of the very special Italian episode, we ordered pizza. Yep. <laughs> uh, very authentico. Um, Papagiano. <laughs> Papagiano. Um, yeah. So we're looking forward to that. Yep. <laughs> Big things to come. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, as far as like the overall theme of this episode, there isn't one, as there usually isn't. Well, our theme only kind of applies to the second half of the right. episodes. <laughs> um, you know what we're going to do. It's you know, the usual. We're going to have some horror business for you. Yeah. Some real world horror and some fun stories from around the, around the genre. Yes, sir. And some neat things. Very, very neat. Neat, neat stuff. Um, this is the new uh, the new Grave Plot South. Yep. For those of you that are watching on Facebook. Um, and if you're not, you should be. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is this is my new pad. Uh, I don't want you people seeing where I live. So this, this is, is all you get. This is all you get. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just moved in uh, a couple days ago. Um, we closed earlier than we thought we were going to, uh, and then we signed it into the sales contract that we would allow the previous owner to stay here four more days in order for her to like pack up and move out and stuff. Um, and, uh, but then we got, got a call from our agent on night two saying that she was out and we could move in. I'm like, Oh, okay. All right, cool. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, it's Sunday now um, from last Monday all the way through yesterday. We were moving shit, like coming home from work, packing up boxes, moving shit over. Luckily, the distance between this house and our old apartment is it's, it's like 10 minutes. So, And you got all month to move, which is just awesome. Yeah. I mean, we told the office we were going to be out by the end of this coming week. So, oh really? Yeah, but I mean, we we paid for August, so if we go in there and say, "Hey, we're not leaving until the thirty first. not much they can do. Nope. <laughs> but uh, you know, I tell you, people that run 
or you know property managers they've got like a serious racket going because um when we first told them that we were going to be moving out and you know it was an early termination on our lease so we said you know we're going to be leaving uh we need to know how much we're going to owe you you know how that's going to be done and basically we owe them five hundred dollars as a move out fee and then two months rent so they're really taking us to work that way um and they said that if because they're going to go in and renovate our apartment because when we moved in it had just been bought by a new property manager and it was just old everything was old like from you know probably at least the 90s um and so like this new property manager or this is the third one since we've lived there uh they're going to be renovating the apartment like like right right when we move out um, so they said they're going to go in, renovate, and then if they can, that'll take them probably about a month. So basically we're paying for them to renovate the apartment we no longer live in. Oh, that's um, fun. Yeah. And they said, uh, but after that, if they, um, manage to lease out the apartment before the end of the month that they'll return, a, they'll refund us part of that buyout. Then I, re- I read the lease and said, no part of this buyout is refundable. <laughs> so I go back in the office. I say, hey, um, so we were told that if we paid this buyout and you released it before the two months were up, we'd get some of the money back. But the lease says differently, so I wanted to clarify that. She said, well, you have two options. You can pay the buyout or you can pay the move out fee and the two months rent, and that'll be it. Or you can not pay the buyout or pay, pay the move out fee, continue to pay monthly rent. And then once you, um, or once we lease out the apartment, you don't have to pay it anymore. So that means that that would give them no incentive to lease it out. <laughs> no, but I mean, they would, I, I, cause they can jack up the rate. Cause we're sure we're getting like a grandfathered rate. Um, but if they go in, so, okay, so we, like I said, we can pay the two months and walk away. That's fine. Or we can go in, we can pay a month, we basically pay month to month, and they'll go in and renovate. And then if they renovate and then immediately lease it out, that's perfect because, you know, we, we come out ahead. Yeah. But if they don't lease it out until November, then we're on the hook until November. So it's a gamble, basically. Yeah. And our first mortgage payment is in October. So I was talking to my wife about it. So, you know, what do you want to do? And she's like, I don't know. What do you want to do? I said, well, I kind of want to just be done with these people and, and walk away. So I feel like that's the, that's the best way to go. Yeah. Let them steal from us one more time and then we'll be done with it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. And so. So here we are. Everything is, you know sort of in place. I mean, we still got junk everywhere just because we haven't put stuff away yet, but we're mostly, mostly moved in. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. What's new with you? Uh, not much. Yeah. Not much. Um, we had the finals of the 48 hour film festival. We unfortunately did not win anything. Um, it's probably because it wasn't there. Probably. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I fucked it up for everyone. 
there's the horror 48 hour film festival this October, which I was debating entering, mm-hmm. but like the screening is on Halloween. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. I don't want to do that. So I think we should just make our own as per usual. Yeah. And I've already got a couple people who are interested in, in the participating who have access nice. to things we don't. So that's always beneficial. to Yes. Yeah. <laughs> things are good. <laughs> Equipment is good. Uh, being able to, you know, record sound and video at the same time. Right. Uh, good stuff. Beneficial. So keep an eye out for that this October. Because, you know, if we didn't have people like giving us equipment, or loaning us equipment. Um, basically, what you're watching right now—that's what our short. Would yeah, look this, like. this 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 would be a movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do we have anybody else watching? Uh, yeah, it looks like your cousin. Nope. Cousin's husband. Nope. No, who is that then? That's uh, a friend. Oh. Okay. That's Amy's husband. Oh right, right. Hi, Josh. Hi, Josh, and Otto. Otto. I love to drive. I love to get blotto. <laughs> uh, I guess before we get too deep into things, we should thank our Patreon patrons. Yeah, why not? Uh, Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, and Carlos Rodella. Thank you very much for your patronage. If you would like to join the club, head over to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast and help support the show. Get a bunch of shit. Literally. Gonna send you a bag of poo. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, how about uh, you see you seen Annabelle Creation yet? You know, I was going to, but I just got so busy. I was going to, but then I just continued living. Yeah, I went on my, with my life, realizing that it was much better off not watching Annabelle. <laughs> uh, you know, I saw this thing online talking about how um, Annabelle is like. So um, they, they refer to it as a modern classic, which is a term that I cannot fucking stand. I hate the term modern classic because it's It's a contradiction. You can't determine something that... Okay, when I read this, it was a day before Annabelle had even been released. Or no, sorry. It was a day after. A day after Annabelle had been released. It had been in theater for one day. And uh, it was calling it some modern classic. It's like, first... It's been in the theater one day. <laughs> you don't even know if it's going to succeed in the box office. It's going to be a total fucking flop. And it's a sequel. It's a sequel. Yeah. And modern classic. A prequel, I guess. You, you cannot determine something that has been out for less than a decade, let's say. You cannot call that a classic. Because who the fuck is going to remember Annabelle creation in 20 years? Yeah. It's like Friday the 13th. That's a classic. Halloween, that's a classic. Uh, uh, the Exorcist. They're the Shining. Yeah, exactly. Those are classics because they're timeless. They go on and on. People remember them through, through you know, two, three generations now. Um, so calling something as fucking just stupid. <laughs> I, I can't. I'm just so upset that I can't even come up with proper descriptors um it we've we've gone on rants before about how uh 
upsetting it is to see that James Wan has this following that he does. And granted, he's not directing this one. Yeah. Did he direct Annabelle? I don't think he did. I don't think so. Uh, just him developing this following, people calling him the next, you know, great master of horror. Um, and it's like we, I mean, we, when we review Dead Silence, we, his movies aren't good. Yeah, they, like they I never I mean, have been. You know, I, I will give him credit where credit is due. His movies look fantastic. Dead Silence aside. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I won't admit to it, but I'll allow you to say that. Like <laughs> <laughs> his his movies are well shot. That he creates a good atmosphere. He creates creates a good ambiance, but his stories are shit, mm-hmm. and he relies too heavily on jump scares. Yeah, which I mean, obviously he's not the only one that does that. But you can't be a master of horror if jump scares are your primary source of no, frights. Not at all. And I mean, he's making his his fucking bones on uh, these fake stories made up by con men. Yeah. Um, and you know, and like creating false stories based on these false stories. I mean, okay. And then making spinoff movies, which are even more false stories. Yeah. And it's like I can, I can, I, I realize that what I'm saying is what filmmaking is—that you're creating a story and making a film about it. I, I realize that. Yeah, but then don't tack on based on true events. Yeah. Don't fucking throw us that bullshit. Don't piss on my head and tell me it's raining. Um, and it's just it's just really bad. And he, he makes these movies that um, are so simple. Um, you mean, you know, jump scares. Um Plots that you can write on a napkin, shit like this to make it more accessible to a wider audience, I guess. Um, which, you know, when you're talking about making money, you know, that's the way to go. Yeah. But basically, uh, these films are uh, like these films to filmmaking and horror in particular uh, are like the like Taco Bell are is to uh, Mexican food. It's just simple, greasy, easy to digest. Oh no, no, it's not easy. <laughs> Neither one is easy to digest. <laughs> uh, it's just fucking garbage. And we realize this is like a hot take and we're, you know, probably going to get shunned from the horror community for saying this. Oh, but fuck that. His movies are just do do They're Yeah. They're, they're simple. They're thin. There's paper thin stories and jump scares. Yes, they look really good. He's very good at creating cool looking villains. But, and then, and now he's like spreading this web of this Waniverse where he's got these, you know, thinly tied stories leading to new movies. He's got the Crooked Man movie coming out. Mm. And then, like, he, he's already working on The Conjuring 3 because he says, the conjuring through the conjuring is the mothership and you have to have the mothership be healthy or all the whole thing will die. But the conjuring was the first conjuring was bad. The second conjuring was even worse. <laughs> so, I mean, are we just see that? That's an unpopular opinion too. Most people seem to think the second one's better. No, <laughs> it's not. I mean, I actually saw somebody say that the conjuring two was the best horror movie ever of all time. They use the phrase of all time. 
that person should not be allowed to live. <laughs> I was like, you know that movies like The Shining exist. Movies like The Exorcist yeah. exist. Yeah. All the Freddies, all the Jasons, all the Halloweens, those all exist. Yeah. Like you live in a world that is... Candyman exists. It's, it's jam-packed with good horror movies. Poltergeist. I don't I don't like the fact that people like that uh breathe the same air as I do. It upsets me. I just I just don't get it. I I, I don't I don't know where that, that line of thinking comes from. I mean, are these people that uh were just not ever exposed to horror in their lives and so they think this They're not though. Like I know people who are like diehard horror fans who legitimately like James Wan. I just, I don't get it. I mean, I know like all the like the the uh, genre sites. Uh, I mean, I won't I won't get into naming names because I don't want to point fingers at anyone, but they just uh, just bow at the altar of James Wan, and it's ridiculous because there are up and coming directors that uh, just aren't as well known that are making films that like on, on minimal budgets that are making films that uh, excel past his films by leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. Films that are pro- provocative, that make you think, that like are legitimately scary. Yeah. That, you know, they're, they're tense and they keep you up at night, whereas opposed to just, you know, boo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think these, these movies uh, fall victim to that, you know, I'd say in almost any other genre, when you can throw just tons of money. No, maybe not any other genre. I think let's let's say like uh, like an action movie or sci-fi. Basically, that end of the spectrum of filmmaking or of genres. If you can throw money at it. You know, you you can create a better film just by throwing more money, or at least engaging. Like if you're talking about action movies, you know, you just make more explosions. Exactly, horror, more fight scenes. Stuff horror, like that. you can't just throw money at it. You can't pack it full of more CGI uh, and make it better. No, and that's I think what these movies are predicated on. It's like, okay, the story's not really there, but if we pack it full of stuff like spooky images, then uh, we can make a better movie. And it's just, it's it's a fallacy. I mean, it's it, that's not... Spooky imagery only goes so far. Like yeah. Halloween decorations are spooky, spooky imagery, but just sitting there and looking at them doesn't do me any good. Exactly. You gotta have to have some, some, uh, some horsepower behind it. Yeah. And that's what... All of James Wan's and uh, James Wan and James Wan related movies are severely lacking. Is any kind of drive to make the movie worth watching? Yep, I agree. <sighs> we should probably get off this because we could probably go on all day. Yeah. So if anyone is still listening, <laughs> I think I, I we're. Mean, if you if you have a contrary opinion, um, usually I tell you to go fuck yourself, but. Um, <laughs> Hit us up. Go to our website, greatplotpodcast.com. We'd love to talk to you about this and tell you how wrong you are. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, let's press on. Yeah, probably move into some horror business. Too much horror. 
Okay, so we're starting out Real World Horror with uh, a story coming out of Riverside, California, where uh, people are claiming that a chupacabra is attacking <laughs> their pets. Made its way up from Mexico where, uh, into where Riverside. Is, how, where is Riverside in relation to... I mean, like, where in California is Riverside? Southern California. It uh, is Southern, okay. It's in the IE. Okay. So uh, it's not not too far of a trip for a chupacabra, I guess. I guess. <laughs> what is the what is the average land speed of a chupacabra? <laughs> um Yeah. I okay. So <laughs> I mean, I know Riverside as being uh, a town full of uh meth heads. So oh, I have a hard time. That explains a lot. Yeah, I, I have a hard time giving credence to the story. <laughs> Um, but uh, Carrie Shuker told the press uh, enterprise that he shoot he shoot away a hairless creature from near his home in Riverside. He described it as two feet longer than the biggest coyote you've ever seen, and with a tail like a rat. That does not fit the description of what I've heard of a chupacabra. No, um, he says, uh, and I quote: "This wasn't no coyote by any means." So it was a coyote? Uh, <laughs> that's how he says that. <laughs> um, uh, the creature snarled back at him. Um, and he said, uh, it was cussing me out, basically. <laughs> Can you just imagine this fucking, like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know Mr. Shuker. Shuker. Um, but like I said, Riverside, I know as a town full of drug addicts. So I can just imagine this fucking crackhead standing there screaming at some just random ass animal <laughs> thinking it's a chupacabra. Um, uh, yeah, it was cussing me out, basically, he told the newspaper. Uh, I stole its breakfast. It was hurting my cat. Hunting. Hunting my cat. Um, yeah. But he wasn't the only one. No. Uh, furthermore, MJ Bunt. Or uh, bunt cake, as he likes to be called. <laughs> because he's soft on the inside. And doughy. <laughs> uh, MJ Bunt described it as the strangest looking animal I've ever seen, claiming it had the ears of a deer, a long snout, and ears ears of a deer. How do you pick that out? Ears just, deer just have pointy ears. Yeah. Like, I feel like your dog kind of has ears like a deer. Right. <laughs> um... Say uh, ears of a deer, long snout, no hair, tail like a rat, long hindquarters. I thought it might be a sick coyote, he said, a sick wolf, but it had it had too many different characteristic characteristics of any of them. You know, I'm telling you, this sounds like a hairless coyote to me. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I think it was probably a hairless coyote. That seems way more rational than a fucking chupacabra. And again, like n these descriptions don't fit what I've heard in the past of a chupacabra. <laughs> I always thought chupacabras had fur. I guess I've never really. I, I've always just like a. I've always thought of a chupacabra as like kind of like a, like a little gremlin type thing. Yeah. Yeah. I just Googled images of Chupacabra and it showed me a bunch of pictures of sick dogs and it's making me sad. <laughs> Fuck. 
But hey, that describes basically what this is. It sounds like a sick dog. Oh yeah, here's another witness, Tom Brundage. He says it has a body like a chihuahua stretched out with a large thoracic cavity. Thoracic cavity? Who talks like that? Uh, people that uh, have some kind of medical yeah, experience. Usually. Um, yeah, and then he said it has huge hind legs. It was it has a very narrow rat-like face. <laughs> little rat face. <laughs> uh, with undulations in it. More like a marsupial. Now, this Tom Brundage at least knows some shit. I don't know that undulation is the right word. Is it? Doesn't like to undulate mean like to like pulsate or That's how I th- that's how I know of the word. So how does having undulations make it like a marsupial? I mean, I think I know what he means. Like a marsupial has like um like ridges in its face. Oh. But I mean, this really sounds like a coyote to me. Well, I mean, the Department of Fish and Wildlife agrees with you because uh, the head of that department in Riverside, California, says the chupacabra is not a recognized species by the Department of Fish and Wildlife. Chupacabras are not a thing. <laughs> just, just <laughs> blunt. like Not a thing. Like, we're not even going to entertain this because they don't exist. <laughs> At least here. Maybe in Mexico, but we don't know. There's, there's no way of knowing. Which uh, way we're going. But still, the rowers keep on rowing. Uh, I mean, that kind of sounds like something you would say if you're trying to hide the fact that chupacabras are a thing. (laughs) It's clearly a government conspiracy. Right. Goes all the way to the top of the Department of Fish and Wildlife. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, yeah, chupacabras don't exist. It's like, yeah, you would say that. Narc. <laughs> you, you would say that uh, if uh, chupacabras did exist, you would say that. It's like, okay, then what would I say if chupacabras <laughs> didn't exist? <sighs> Conspiracy theorists are idiots. <laughs> Completely devoid of any rational logic. Pretty much, yeah. And just, you know, confirmation bias. We'll just find some way to confirm whatever they think. I wonder if all three of these assholes live on the same street. Probably. Probably all neighbors. Because how do three people that live like on the like you know different areas of town all come to the conclusion that oh it must be a chupacabra? <laughs> they probably like these are probably they have like a neighborhood watch meeting. <laughs> chupacabra watch. They probably have like th- these are probably like three white guys and their one Mexican neighbor, they're probably like all talking about the story, and their one Mexican neighbor was probably like, oh, kind of sounds a little like a chupacabra. And he's like, well, it must be a chupacabra. Clearly, clearly it is. <laughs> Our resident expert <laughs> says that it is definitely a chupacabra. Our resident Mexican <laughs> says it's a chupacabra. And he would know. <laughs> His parents are from Mexico. <laughs> anyway um yep so that's it for a real world horror probably not a chupacabra it's 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 definitely not a chupacabra (laughs) i don't want to be buried in a bed cemetery
I will say Chupacabra is a pretty good Mexican restaurant in Seattle. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, once it has done its thing in theaters, run its course, uh, Andre Muschietti and his sister Barbara would like to Babs. remake a, a Babs, as she likes to be called, uh, have already made started making plans for their next Stephen King adaptation. They would like to remake Pet Cemetery. Let's 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 slow down here. <laughs> um, it hasn't even come out yet. Yeah, I know. Like the hype train is full speed ahead, but let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, let's remember how fucking jazzed everyone was about Dark Tower and how yeah. disappointing it's been. <laughs> Uh, Mushietti. I mean, sorry, I know that's not. I know that wasn't Mushietti, but I mean, like I said, that just had so much hype power. Mm-hmm. I mean, it had Ron Howard behind it, and then Idris Elba and uh, Matthew McConaughey. Um, it had Stephen King's blessing. It had all these things going for it. And I think the only people that are that like it are the people that didn't really know anything about the Dark Tower. <laughs> Could be. I mean that that's been my my take on it. I haven't seen it myself, but I mean I've seen certain horror journalists who are like, everything that comes out that's horror is amazing, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, Dark Tower is not not very good, guys. <laughs> maybe maybe you don't see it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe wait till it's on Netflix. <laughs> uh, but Muschietti, in an, in an interview with the Toronto Sun, said, "We're huge fans of Pet Cemetery. If we can get our hands on that and do the Pet Cemetery we want to do, that will be something. One day, maybe." <laughs> <laughs> nice waffle there, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> um, originally, there was a Pet Cemetery remake floating around, written by Jeff Ball. <laughs> 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 uh, and Juan Carlos Fresnadillo attached to direct um, as of March 2016 they had begun casting and, they, and it was never heard from again <laughs> they were apparently looking for big stars to be in it which is always just a kiss of death for horror when right. will people realize big stars don't work in horror I I don't know big, I, don't, I don't know that they ever will big stars work in horror before they're big stars Kevin Bacon worked in Friday the 13th because he wasn't Kevin Bacon yet. Right. Nobody knew who Jennifer Love Hewitt was when I, I Know What You Did Last Summer came out. Yeah. I mean, not that she ever became like a big star. <laughs> no, but Party of Five. That was before. Okay, so people did know who she was then. All right. The, the biggest stars I can think of in a horror movie that was actually good is Scream. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, those were those were well known people, or they were known, but they weren't like superstars, and that's that's really as far as you can go, I think. Yeah, I mean, you can get people that have maybe some facial recognition uh, or, or name recognition, but you can't get like superstars because they're it becomes about them, it, it bogs down the movie. Yeah, and you know, so much of watching a horror movie is kind of like looking at the characters and not seeing Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. You know, you you look at the character and it's just the character because you don't know who that person is. Yeah. Horrors, is a, it's a strange genre because unlike 
you know, action and comedy, it's it's not really something that just anyone can just carry over to. Mm-hmm. And that's that goes for writers, directors, and actors. It's it's something that's very like you have to be in it. You have to want it. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you end up with a mo- a music video director making a Nightmare on Elm Street movie that just looks like he didn't give a shit. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so uh, the Muschietti siblings, uh, they also own the rights to a short story by Stephen King called The Jaunt. Are you familiar with this one? Nope. Uh, He's got so many short stories. that Seriously, just- he just like writes 24 hours a day and is just like, that's a thing. Now here's this. Here, make a movie out of that. Ooh, scary lamp. <laughs> uh, the jaunt was actually greenlit in 2015 to make a feature out of, but it has it was never heard from again. I heard it's some kind of like sci-fi something or other. Some kind of goddamn sci-fi thing. Some kind of nerdy alien space technology. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I can't really get excited about this. Um Maybe if it is good, then I could get more excited about this. But at the same time, Pet Cemetery is one of my favorite, probably probably my favorite Stephen King adaptation. I know a lot of people say it's not incredibly faithful. Not especially, no. But I think it's a well-made movie. Speaking of which, did you see uh, that the house that um, inspired Stephen King to write Pet Cemetery is up for sale? I did. For $255,000. That house is like twice the size of the house I just paid for and it's like less than what i paid for it. <laughs> it's probably in the middle of nowhere though it's yeah it's somewhere in fucking maine of course I mean, it is um it's just rename maine like stephen king land <laughs> <laughs> um but did you, did you see the house yeah it's gorgeous oh yeah i, I like i i told my dad it's like maybe it's time for an investment opportunity here <laughs> Yeah, I rent it out. Yeah, fucking A. Rent it as a B&B or a, like an Airbnb and, you know, take a vacation out to Maine every couple of years. Sure. Yeah. Fucking A, man. You know, my uh, girlfriend's family goes to Maine all the time. You could probably have them run it. I'm not actually going to buy the house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I can barely pay for this one. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm going to wait and see on it. I don't know. It's. I still think Pennywise looks dumb, but what I've seen is encouraging. Yeah, I mean, the movie itself, the clips, I mean, the trailers, it all looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I just hope it's not one of those movies where they're showing all the good parts in the trailers. That's true. Um, But yeah, Pennywise still looks fucking stupid. Yeah. And I will maintain that till the day I die. Yeah. That was a bad, bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, let's talk about something else. Something else. So, there was this little film made back in 1986, 7? Something like that. Something like that. Oh, wait. Uh, 1988. That's something like that. 
it's, it's, it's very close. It's very close. Uh, there was this little movie made by this uh, unknown director. Young up-and-comer. Named Tim Burton. Uh, starring a... Starring Batman. Starring Batman. <laughs> um, it's Beetlejuice. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing that. <laughs> Get to the point. <laughs> Everybody knows Beetlejuice. Um, but uh, so the something that I... I I'm, I, I want to see this really bad. Um, they're making a documentary about the making of Beetlejuice. So we call the documentary "The Recently Deceased," which is a play on the name of the handbook. Yeah, idiots. It's a independent uh, documentary. It's not. Uh, I mean, it's not uh, being backed by. You know Tim Burton or his production company or anything. It's completely independent. Uh, it's a feature-length, fan-funded documentary about Tim Burton's Beetlejuice. Makes me wonder where they got the footage. I don't know. Um, if it was just like a retrospective, if they're like interviewing people, stuff like that, then it would make a lot more sense. But yeah, for them to actually have a making of documentary, I mean, obviously they have a good deal of footage to work with. So um, it's going to be released in 2018 uh, for the 30th anniversary of the film. And that's how we got our yeah, date. 88. We did math. We guys. mathed. Um, so it's going to talk about the, the stages, all, all the stages of production from the film's creation to its release. Uh, it's going to have exclusive behind-the-scenes interviews with the people who took part in the film, um, particularly the uh, special effects department, who were, I believe, the unsung heroes of that film. Certainly. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, being run at Indiegogo. Uh, I'll just see. It's uh, indiegogo.com slash project slash documentary for the recently deceased with a hyphen in between each word. Uh, they've got a twenty-three thousand dollar goal, which is no small feat. That's lofty. Um, but uh, honestly, a project like this, I don't think they'll have any trouble with the name recognition of Beetlejuice behind it. It it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, I mean, if I had more money to throw around, I'd definitely back it. Um, but uh, ten dollars, that'll get you your name in the credits. Now, usually for something like that, you have to throw down a little more change. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, ten dollars gets your name in the credits. Twenty dollars gets you a digital download. Forty-five dollars gets you a T-shirt, uh, and sixty dollars will get you the actual DVD or Blu-ray. There's other things too. I just kind of cherry-picked some of the mm -hmm. perks. I imagine you get all of those lower tiers with the higher ones. Right. That tends to be how it works. Um, when does this? Start. It is running started. as of right now. They are at seven thousand eight hundred and seventy-two dollars. When did it start? Um, I don't know, but it has seventeen days left. Okay. Also, this is being done in France, or by a guy from France, at least. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Fred China. Fred China from France. <laughs> yep. Nothing about that name says French. That sounds like a cartoon or like a the beginning of a bad joke. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd, I'd really like to see this. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that it's an independent thing, uh, that it's actually 
you know, somebody's got the ambition to actually get it done. But the downside of that is like, it's probably not going to be on Netflix or maybe like, maybe even Amazon may not be there. Yeah. Um, especially if people are going to have to spend $60 to get the Blu-ray. Um, but yeah, I'd really like to see this. Yeah. Me too. Go back it guys. Maybe we'll get in touch with Fred China and say, Hey, let us see this. And he'll be all like, Miss Blue. Oh. Yeah, go back it right now. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Go straight to hell, boy. Go straight to hell, boy. So the Hellboy reboot continues to churn along. Uh, they've added a couple casting. I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> I'm being a twain. <laughs> uh, so they've added Ian McShane, who will play Professor Broom who you may remember as uh, John Hurt in Guillermo del Toro's films. Uh, man, I mean, if you see the comic book character and you compare it to John Hurt, like it was like a match made in heaven. Like I don't know that anybody's going to be able to play him as well. The thing about this comic is it's like it's so artistic that it's like the the drawings don't really lend themselves to real people. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, Hellboy aside, but... Well, I mean, Hellboy is obviously... But, like, have you... Are you familiar with Ian McShane? Yeah, he was... He's in the uh, American Gods and... Yeah, he doesn't really... I, I, I don't see it. No, I, I mean, I don't really either. I mean, the, the goatee is not helping. But, I mean, you know, give him gray hair and s- stick a pair of glasses on him and... He seems, like, he seems too big. Yeah. Dr. Broom is like a very, or Professor Broom is a very small person, very skinny. Um, and then, of course, uh, the movie is called Hellboy Rise of the Blood Queen, and they cast the titular Blood Queen, and it will be Alice herself, Mila Jovovich. Hey! hey. Good for you, Mila. <laughs> that, did, that wasn't supposed to sound like a Russian accent. <laughs> um, so that's cool. She's she's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, she's definitely... I don't know that I've ever seen her as an antagonist, though. Zoolander. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I suppose. Zoolander. Um, you shut up now. <laughs> uh, Hellboy creator Mike Mignola says that Hellboy Rise of the Blood Queen will, quote, lean in the horror direction. So, I mean, obviously, it's still going to be an action-adventure movie, but he says it's going to be much much more horror than fantasy, mm-hmm. as Guillermo del Toro's movies were. Uh, he also said the movie's going to be rated R, and that it needs to be rated R because director Neil Marshall, quote, or so, director Neil Marshall, quote, doesn't have his hands tied. Uh, he said when you do a PG-13 rating, you bang your head into rules about how intense certain things can be. Which, yeah, especially with horror. Yeah. Horror should never be PG-13. 
No. Even even if you don't need the R rating, you should just go for it. Because that's what makes horror um, not necessarily the R rating, but the stuff that's included to get the R rating, that's what makes horror good. Yeah. Terror, blood, yeah, violence, titties. Fucking titties, yeah. <laughs> uh, he compared it to Logan, saying it's lean, dark, tough, and not something that stops to show limbs flying through the air. Why not? Yeah. That's what I that's what I like to see. Yeah. Uh, he says that the BRPD, which is the uh the burpted the the burpted <laughs> it's the Bureau of Research of Paranormal Development. That doesn't seem right. No, um Bureau of Shit, I can't remember what Baton it is. Baton Rouge Police Department. That's not it. It's the Bureau of something paranormal. Bureau. Oh, it's BPRD. Oh, you asshole. You're throwing me off. I'm like, what the hell is the R for? <laughs> the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense. That's the When one. you use the right acronym, it's easier to figure out what it stands for. <laughs> I knew the... I knew the B was Bureau. I knew the, the P was paranormal. I thought the D was defense, but I wasn't sure. I could not think of the R for. <laughs> so uh, he says that they figure into the movie, but quote, the primary focus is Hellboy and not a BPRD team movie. It's right there. <laughs> it's right that time, but not the first time. <laughs> you asshole. Um, of those of you who don't know, the, the BPRD are the people like Abe Sapien and uh the and others <laughs> and the rest <laughs> no i mean this is the characters that um you know um like selma blair and uh john hurt i was gonna say abe sapien and selma blair <laughs> i can't remember the characters names off the top of my head but uh yeah selma blair um john hurt uh um uh, uh, jeffrey tambor uh all those people were members of the bprd doug jones that's abe sapien yeah yeah i just wanted to give doug jones a shout out <laughs> okay what's up doug what up guy we've never met <laughs> we saw you at crypticon but we didn't actually talk to you or interact with you at all <laughs> now that we didn't want to we just <laughs> didn't just you were really busy yeah uh now here's where things take a turn uh mignola also says he wants to create a hellboy Cinematic universe. No! I am so goddamn sick and tired of cinematic universes. You know, there's... I blame Marvel, first of all. <laughs> why, why blame Marvel? Because they started this current trend. Well, they they, they were the first ones to do it, but they started this current trend. Yeah, but like, I see, I, I blame the people that did it after Marvel. Because they're the ones that set the trend. Yeah, okay. Marvel was just doing their thing. <laughs> That's fair. They were making crossovers like they like the comics. Yeah, and then, I mean, you've got... All of a sudden, now there's going to be a Ghostbusters cinematic universe, and there's the, the Wanniverse that we talked about earlier. Star Wars isn't content just making Star Wars movies anymore. we got to get origin stories for every goddamn character. <sighs> And then you got the dark universe, which you know may or may not be around for much longer. Who Fucking knows? Dark universe, dumb shit. Uh, he it's, says it's because they couldn't call it the Universal Monsters universe. <laughs> they should have made better. 
<laughs> the umu. <laughs> uh, Magnolia says it's a very loose adaptation of one of the Hellboy graphic novels. When you have more books out there, you have a lot more to sift through. You can look around at how big the world is and borrow pieces from here and there. My hope is that this introduces a lot of stuff that then it expands into a Hellboy cinematic universe. You know, I see people all the time being like, are The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead going to cross over? And it's like, oh, yeah, let's just make a Walking Dead cinematic universe. Fuck it. <laughs> Why not? <sighs> Everyone, Everyone else is doing, doing it. it. <laughs> uh, I hope that doesn't happen because Fear the Walking Dead is really bad. I've heard it's gotten better. I just can't wade through the shit anymore to get to the deep parts. I don't believe that it got The first better. season is so bad. Yeah. Nothing fucking happened. Like, I was the one defending it at the beginning when I was like, people are like, nothing fucking happens. And I'm like, well, it's the beginning of the infection. It's got to, you know, it's get there. Yeah, not much happened in the first couple seasons of the regular Walking Dead either. Yeah. But once we got over that hump, it got better. It's actually, it's not so much that nothing happens. It's the fact that no one on that show is fucking likable. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I rooting for these people? Right now, I want them all to die. I want <laughs> I want to see zombies eat their face. I'm not going to keep watching to see if zombies eat their face, because that's not entertaining. Right. And I don't want a Hellboy Cinematic Universe either. Taylor's just full of hate. Hate, 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 hate. Uh, okay. Do you? Do you want a Hellboy Cinematic Universe? No. I mean, like, I don't know Hellboy well enough to know characters outside of Hellboy. Yeah. Um, but I can't imagine any of them really warrant their own film. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel, too. And I mean, he even says, he, he says, you know, you can look around at how big the world is and borrow pieces from here and there. And that just makes me think of like, like what James Wan is doing. It's like, Oh, well here, this chair was in the conjuring too. So we're going to make a movie about this chair <laughs> that, yeah, it, it served no purpose in conjuring too, but we're going to give it this whole elaborate backstory. Well, there was that old guy that was sitting in the chair and he was really spooky. He was a spooky old man. Even though he was like he was like out of focus and you couldn't really see him, but you knew That's what made it spooky. Yeah, it's so spooky. Oh, yeah, and then there's mannequins underwater. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it's, it's it's so spooky. So spooky, dude. <laughs> just just stop with the cinematic universes, guys. Just make sequels. Like you don't need to make a whole thing. It just just let fucking Marvel and Warner Brothers do their thing. It's comic books. That's how the comic books are, decide, are designed with crossovers and shit. Well, and it's not like, you know, with, with Marvel, it's not these backdoor pilots that they're trying to make these movies into. Yeah. It's you make a Spider-Man movie and then you make an Iron Man movie and then you make a Wolverine movie. And the next thing you know, they're all three in the same movie. Well, actually, Wolverine's owned by Fox. It was an example. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) That'd be badass, though. I wish the X-Men would get involved with the Avengers. Word. Like the comics. Word. But it'll never happen. Because Hollywood rights are bullshit. That's fucking complicated. I can understand it. Like, uh, you know, um, when... When Fox started making the X-Men movies back in the mid-90s, Marvel Comics was, like, starting to go tits up. Like, comics just were not selling. They had shitty writing. 
people weren't reading them and like they were starting to go bankrupt. Then Fox bought the rights to the X-Men, made three movies that, you know, were blockbusters and uh, suddenly comics were popular again. And, you know, that is what gave Marvel the, and, you know, Marvel and, and Paramount um, and then later on like Disney. Sony. Sony. That's what gave them the, like, that's what made their their rights worth something they started selling off movie rights to uh all their properties and so they started making money again you know because people were watching the movies and people were starting to read comics again yeah so when they became marvel studios and then later were bought out by disney they started buying all the rights back and they've gotten most of them back but fox said no we paid for these these are our characters that we're we've made films for and we're not just going to sell them back to you because suddenly now you're worth something. We saved your asses. That's fair. Yeah, but now Marvel Comics has been slowly like making the Fantastic Four and the X-Men. Um, and Spider-Man? No, not so much Spider-Man because Is that still Sony's, Sony? Sony's been playing ball. Um, but Fox, the Fox characters, basically anything related with the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. Um, they are just not being friendly. Uh, I mean, with something that's as big and popular as Deadpool right now, especially because they're doing a lot of crossover with Spider-Man in the comics, they can't they can't afford to not popularize Deadpool. Are they gay lovers yet? No, sorry, Saskas. <laughs> but I mean, there's always like Deadpool. He just does that. Like he'll he'll fuck with people. Like, he doesn't care. <laughs> Um, like he hits, he hits on Spider-Man, whether or not it's in earnest. I don't know. (laughs) He probably doesn't even know. (laughs) Um, but anyway, yeah. But like the, the X-Men have been kind of replaced by the Inhumans. Um, uh, Fantastic Four have been basically phased out of being relevant in Marvel. Um, and yeah. The only one they're they're still like really. I mean, they killed off Wolverine, um, and uh, the only one that's still making them money despite not having the rights is Deadpool. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, they they tried to buy the rights back, and like Marvel tried to strong arm, and Fox just said, "Fuck you guys, you're not getting these rights back." Anyway. Anyway, that's enough about comics. Probably get back to horror. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, are we done with this? Yes. Okay. So, um, back in the early 2010s, uh, twenty twelve. Um, uh, Brian Fuller he wrote a pilot and wrote and filmed a pilot uh, called Mockingbird Lane, which was a basically uh, a reboot of um, the Munsters. Did you ever see this? I did. It wasn't bad. No, I mean they cast Jerry O'Connell as kind of like this you the know, fat kid from Stand by Me. Yeah, um, 
they cast him as Herman Munster, and he didn't look like Herman Munster. He didn't look like any kind of like Frankenstein esque yeah. monster Beside, at all. He he just looked like a guy who like had a scar across his neck. Yeah, like all of his scars were like basically covered up by clothing. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he didn't have green skin. He didn't have the square head. He was all like super handsome and married to Rebecca Romain. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that who played Lily? Or you're just talking about in real life? I was talking about in real life. Got it. Uh, no, it was Portia de Rossi. That's right. Um, I did like Eddie Izzard as grandpa, though. That was good. It was it was definitely a much different take than the than the original grandpa. Um, and Peter Boyle. Than Peter Boyle. Wasn't Peter Boyle grandpa? No. Oh. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, it, w- it wasn't bad, but it, w- it didn't last. Uh, I think they tried to translate it into kind of a, a, a TV movie. Yeah, they just made they just put it out on Halloween and said, "Oh, it's a Halloween special." Oh, our pizza's here. Time for a short admission. <laughs> Okay, so it wasn't the pizza. Turns out the pizza didn't even actually order. Motherfuck. God damn, Papa Murple. <laughs> I had to check, like, I checked my email and my credit card statement to make sure that it didn't actually charge me and then not deliver the pizza. But it'll be here in, was it, 20... Uh, uh, yeah something something minutes <laughs> good <laughs> less than an hour all right is good most good most good anyway so uh the monsters they're remaking it and that's where i was trying to go with that uh seth myers and nbc are collaborating and shit with it yep uh where seth myers fits in this is he's a producer okay it was uh, it was created by Odd Mom Out creator Jill Cargman, which is apparently some kind of show that people enjoy watching. I've never heard of it personally, <laughs> Me neither. but apparently it's wildly popular. Oh, uh, wait, no, okay. Is, is, is a it's a current show? Odd Mom Out. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah. Apparently, she came up yep. with the idea for a new take on the monsters. Uh. And her, what does that mean? We'll get there in a minute. Uh, her team tracked down the rights to Universal TV, and she then teamed up with Seth Meyers, who has a producing deal at NBC. Well, good for him. Uh, so, yeah, this monster is going to be rebooted, rebooted and will be inspired by the original series. Okay. <sighs> Which means it's going to have the name of the monsters. <laughs> or not. It might even, might not even. Why would. What's what's wrong with it being called the Munsters? I'm just saying that's how it will be inspired by the original series, and that's pretty oh. much the only way. <laughs> uh, the Musters. It's gonna be called the Musters. <laughs> God damn! I fucked up all over the place <laughs> on this one. Um, uh, it's gonna be a half hour single camera show, which is good. That's the way the original was. Right. They, tr- they tried to make the new one an hour, and it just didn't work. Yeah. 
Um, so, okay, I did read this, and okay. So it's going to take place... At 1313 Mockingbird Lane, right? No. What? <laughs> Not in modern-day suburbia, but rather in the middle of fucking Brooklyn. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Now, how do you fit in a show that's inspired by the original series uh, and put it in Brooklyn? I mean, it, so I, I think we can accept that um, uh, what, Marilyn, is that her name? Who? The niece. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Maybe. I don't know. Probably. And, Could uh, be. And Eddie. That's the boy's name, right? Yeah, Eddie Munster. Yeah. Uh, they're probably going to be hipsters. Um, And, you know, Lily's probably going to be some... Eddie will have fucking... a big beard since he's a wolfman. <laughs> Lily's probably going to run some fucking, like, organic vegan store or whatever. Fucking... What, what the hell, man? Um, why? Why? It's, it says it's there. It's about the monsters as they quote struggle to fit in in hipster Brooklyn. Um, so it's the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, well, to be fair, that's kind of what the original series was for, like too. Yeah, just that it was suburbia. Yeah, but. I don't understand why this fresh new take on it has to be in the middle of a, of, of a metropolitan city. It says hipster Brooklyn, so it's probably Williamsburg. But that's that's not that's not like suburbia. No, it's nothing like suburbia. Yeah, and that's the opposite of suburbia. That was the key to the original series, I think. Is that you know you just go down this normal street in you know any town USA. And suddenly there's this big dilapidated mansion with a bunch of with a family of a bunch of monsters living in it. Yeah. That that's that's what made that original show so interesting. In this, I mean, you take a bunch of In Brooklyn, of, no one's gonna look twice at them. That's what I was just about to say. They're gonna be a bunch of monsters and nobody's gonna fucking notice. And that's gonna eliminate the comedy of, of of the show. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I I I won't get too upset and involved in this because I'm not like a big fan of the original show. Yeah, I just you know it's I'm a big fan of tradition. And if you're going to be rebooting something and saying that you're inspired by your original series, but then completely relocate the series. That's not, I mean, like, that's taking the word inspired by and stretching it till it's about snap. Like, unless they're trying to make, like, if this was supposed to be like a continuation of the original series, that I could maybe understand, but it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like it's supposed to be a new series yeah. inspired by the original series. Yeah, I mean, where the fuck are they going to live? It's some, like, some brownstone. Are there brownstones in Brooklyn? Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't go to Brooklyn. We Brooklyn actually, is like known for its brownstones. 
Oh, I thought that was more Manhattan. No, it's a very Brooklyn thing. No. Um, yeah, we we went to New York and we accidentally got on the train to Brooklyn when we meant to go to Manhattan. <laughs> uh, I think we just, we got on the right train just going the wrong direction. I mean, they're probably going to need like six roommates, though. Yeah, just to make rent. Yeah. <laughs> They'll all live in a loft with some like 20 year old kids who do mushrooms and then run out into the street and kick in a windshield. <laughs> life mimicking art or art mimicking life. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'll tell you more off mic. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, I don't, I don't think this is going to be good. Like, I want to trust Seth Meyers. I like Seth Meyers. I think he's a funny guy. I think, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff he wrote for SNL was really good. I thought he was good on Weekend Update. But yeah, this sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've never seen Odd Mom Out. But just based on the title, I don't think it's probably very funny. <laughs> uh, I'm going to look it up. Oh, they're baking our pizzas. Oh, uh, <gasps> odd mom out. Three. Like I said, it's it's apparently popular. It's on Bravo. Oh, that'll explain why I've never seen it. They make shows about not gay people on that show or that channel. I don't know. I don't know what people do. <laughs> a lot of people do a lot of things. Oh, good. Jill Cargman stars in it, too. And it's got David Wallace. Oh. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <clears throat> oh, man. My throat is so fucked up. <clears throat> I was at a bachelor party last night, and so I drank a lot, and then I smoked this giant cigar. <laughs> and he did a bunch of cocaine. Yeah, but, you know, that's that's different. Okay. Went and shot some guns. Man stuff. America. I'm not good at shooting, I discovered. <laughs> uh, my aim is not good at all. <laughs> you know, uh, movies and TV make shooting a gun look way easier than it did. I mean, shooting the gun itself is easy. If Elvis Costello wrote a song about you, it'd be like, my aim is not true. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. Allison. Yours would be Anthony. I don't listen to Elvis Costello, so I don't know what you're talking about. There's <laughs> a song called Allison. And he says, My aim is true. Ah. So it's not funny if you have to explain it. <laughs> well, maybe it wasn't funny to begin with. No, it was. You just didn't get it. <laughs> Are we done with the monsters? Yeah, fuck it. All right. Well, we're already over an hour, and this last story is a fucking throwaway, so let's throw it away. Well, it's. Uh, how have we not talked about Twin Peaks? It's almost over and we haven't talked about it once. I don't know. Do we want to do the story then? I mean, we don't have to do the whole thing, but just like... So what have you thought of this? Do you want to put a bumper? Okay. Okay, so what do you? Did I mention we're cons by professionals? <laughs> so what have you thought of Twin Peaks? We're it's fucking bizarre. It is so weird. It's like 
Like they said, it was the pure heroin version of David Lynch, and they are fucking right. Yeah, like the original run, the, t- the first two seasons of, of Twin Peaks, that was weird. Firewalk with me was super weird. This, this blows them out of the this water. This is way weirder. Like I don't know what the fuck is going on. There are like six or seven, maybe ten different threads going on. I feel like that like they're they're starting, just starting to start to come together. Yeah, and there's like what four, five five episodes five left. left. Well, yeah. four. I haven't watched last night or oh tonight. There's a new one tonight. So right. So there will be four after tonight. I can't watch it till tomorrow because I have the Showtime channel on Amazon. I don't have actual Showtime. Mm. How do you how do you watch it the night of? I don't. Oh, okay. I thought you did. No, I um, signed up for the free trial of Showtime, and then when mine expired, my girlfriend signed up for a free trial. So oh. we've just we've just been piggybacking free trials. Nice. Yeah, I, I figured you know it's a monthly charge on Amazon. Uh, I'll, I'll keep it while Twin Peaks is on, and then get rid of it. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the thing. We don't want to sign up for Showtime because we're not going to watch anything past this. So right. That's why the uh, we actually we waited a couple weeks so that when she signed up for her free trial, we knew that it would last through the end of this series. Uh, so then we had to binge a couple. Good call. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't even know if I'm enjoying it or not. Like I'm so just confused that I, I i don't know like it's not even really like an episode to episode basis it's because like you said there's so many stories going on that it's like there can be three stories in one episode and like two of them i'm like i don't give a shit yeah and then the last one it's like oh shit there's big ed yeah <laughs> who looks like david lynch now <laughs> yeah he does <laughs> have you heard the story about how they like reunited no david lynch could not find him everett mcgill mm-hmm. well he was retired from acting yeah and he was like posting on twitter he's like does anyone know how to get a hold of everett mcgill and uh this is before it was announced so people didn't really know why he was trying to get a hold of him or anything mm. but i guess he finally got a phone number to everett mcgill's mother-in-law's house <laughs> which apparently has been completely abandoned for like seven or eight years and he was just there like checking up on the house and the phone rang wow yeah and he answered and he, he told lynch he was like the chance of you getting me at this number is one in a million <laughs> Must be a sign from above. Yeah, really. Um, yeah, I mean, Big Ed was in this last, this past episode. Uh, I mean, it would have been thirteen. Yeah, so I mean, not when you guys are listening to this, not the most recent episode, but the one before it. He was in it. He barely said anything. Like he had probably less than five minutes of screen time. Yeah, uh, and I don't know if he's going to be in another episode. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, there's just a lot of fucking wacky things going on. It went in, in this last episode when the guy on at the uh, the Roadhouse was like, Roadhouse is proud to present James Hurley. Me and my girlfriend both just, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then he sang that stupid fucking song. Yeah, I don't know if it was worse. Yeah, it was definitely worse than what he did on the, <laughs> on the original sh- show. Um. Like, oh, God, like, listening to it makes me cringe. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Anyways, the, the news story is that apparently Showtime is open to more Twin Peaks if David Lynch is, but David Lynch is not. That's it. 
Neat. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, David, he, he announced that he's done. Like he's not. Yeah. He said this, this was it. This was his swan song. Yeah. Um, I mean, Showtime he's done with filmmaking. Like he's oh, yeah, retired. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Showtime programming president, Gary Levine told deadline. The door is always open to David Lynch, whether that would lead to another season. I don't know if he wants to do it. Um, David Nevins says, I don't think so, but it's not impossible. Uh, Lynch and I are both avoiding the conversation for a while. We want to let the story coalesce and see how people feel at the end. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not happening. <laughs> I wouldn't hold my breath. Yeah, but I mean, they were Showtime was gonna do it without Lynch. Yeah, at one point. So then I think a bunch of the actors were like, "No, you're not. <laughs> if you're doing it without Lynch. You're doing it without me." Anyway, but yeah, this this season's been fucking weird. Uh, I'm starting to get kind of pissed off about Cooper basically not being Coop. The thing is, though, every time they drop a, drop a hint, it's like, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like when he said, damn good pie. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, yes. He's coming back. <laughs> but no. He's still. Yeah, and then he just goes right back to being Dougie. Anyway. But fucking Twin Peaks, man. It's back. For now. For now. All right. Okay. So that is going to do it for horror business, guys. We made it all the way through. Fun stuff. Yep. Uh, so. So let's take a trip across the ocean to a little boot-shaped country. What are you doing, man? I'm setting the stage. <laughs> okay. We're going to uh, travel to Italia. With our movie reviews. Hey, hey, oh, hey, oh, oh, hey. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're doing some reviews now. Uh, like we said at the beginning, this is our Italian episode. Episodo. Uh, yeah. Yep. My Italian's a little rusty. Otherwise, I'd say things. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> right. Um, say pasta fagioli. <laughs> pasta fagioli. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, uh, two movies directed by uh, <clears throat> Italian directors. Uh, part. Eh, Almost consider them giallo, I guess, sort of. Sort of. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've got uh, two movies directed by uh, uh, Lamberto, uh, or no, Lamberto Bava and um, Lucio Fulci. Mm-hmm. Uh, two well-known horror directors, um, especially in their heyday. And one of them is produced by Dario Argento, which is probably one of the most famous Italian filmmakers right uh argento is like one of the directors that a lot of people claim that the other italian directors took their style from now that's a bold statement i think but anyway um okay so which one would you like to start with taylor uh let's start with lucio fulci's the gates of hell aka city of the living dead Ah! 
city of the dead. The living dead. A cursed city. Where the gates of hell have been opened. You've got to. You must reclose those gates. We interrupt this program to bring you a special broadcast. Now which police authorities have declared a state of emergency. Effective immediately within Dunwich County. All citizens are requested to return to their homes as quickly as possible. In case of necessity, contact this station. see, when you were in this trance, did you see anything besides that tombstone? Oh, yes. I saw a priest who, by hanging himself, opened the gates of hell. what? It's All Saints Day. A demanding, implacable enemy whose search for blood is never satiated. All right, so City of the Living Dead is a 1980 film by Lucio Fulci. Um, you would know him from uh, uh, The Beyond and... Uh, uh, fuck. God, I'm forgetting the third movie in the, in the trilogy. House by the Cemetery, that's what it is. Um, and also Zombie, or Zombie 2, depending on where you're listening to this. Um, <clears throat> this was uh, the first film in uh, his... Uh, I'm My brain is just dying as we speak. He made a trilogy. It's like an unofficial trilogy. Uh, it's not. It's not. I mean, the the films themselves have very little to do with each other. But um, what is this trilogy called? I can't believe I'm. I think it's just the Gates of Hell trilogy, if I remember right. <clears throat> Taylor, look that up while I'm talking. <laughs> yes, Gates of Hell trilogy. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, so uh, this movie starts out um, kind of a split between a seance going on in New York City. Now, keep in mind that this is an Italian film with the t- a lot of Italian actors. It seems to be something that um, Fulci liked to do in particular, just cast American or you know English-speaking actors and have them t- take place in you know, English-speaking countries, not necessarily Italy. But I guess there aren't a lot of, like, 
metropolitan areas in Italy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so in yeah, New York City, there's a seance going on. Uh, and then at the same time in Dunwich, uh, you have to assume based on the rest of the story that it's in Massachusetts. You know, it's not... A, well, they never really say. Well, it says it exists... They say later on that Dunwich exists on the ruins of the original Salem. So one would have to assume that was Massachusetts. I suppose, yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's a girl named Mary who's part of the seance, and she's having visions of a Father Thomas in Dunwich who's walking through a graveyard... He uh, strings himself up and hangs himself. The seance was shot exactly like every scene where they were smoking weed in that 70s show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like the, the camera was just like on a lazy Susan in the yeah, middle of the table. Yeah, like spinning it around to each person who was talking. <laughs> um, so, yeah, in Dunwich, you know, F- Father Thomas uh, hangs himself I don't know. Don't know why. Nope. They never <clears throat> say why he hung himself. There's a lot of things in this that they don't explain. No. Yeah. I mean, there, there's plenty to this plot that just giant plot holes that you could drive a truck through. Um. So basically, Mary is having. It's not entirely clear if she's having visions of the future or visions of what's currently happening, but you know elsewhere they don't really get into that yeah i mean i guess when you get down to it it's sort of immaterial yeah i, I didn't even think about it until you mentioned it so. <laughs> anyway so father thomas hangs himself don't know why uh in reaction to this back in new york uh mary has some kind of fit and dies <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> Um, let's see. I feel like you're going to be saying that a lot. Don't know why. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll I'll get into this later. Um, shit. What'd I do? Oh, fuck, 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 fuck. What did you do? There we go. Okay. I just had a summary pulled up here so I could stay on track. Uh, okay, so um, then a, a, a journalist from some New York newspaper by the name of Peter uh, shows up at the building. He he caught caught a hot scoop that uh, something went wrong during a seance and somebody's dead. So he wants to go see. <laughs> and the cop at the door is like, "No, <laughs> you just you just hang out here." Um, so later on, I assume days later, um, Mary, Mary's being buried and it just happens to be that Peter is there at the gravesite. Um, and then Mary comes back to life inside of her coffin, which is halfway underground, halfway buried because the grave diggers, Decide they're going to call it a day after they throw like a couple couple shovels of dirt on him. Yeah, it wasn't even like halfway. It was just like, yeah, all right, fuck this. <laughs> it's like they they literally said uh, it's five o'clock. Let's call it a day. <laughs> and 
they're walking away and Peter stops him and he's like, uh, so are you going to finish? And he's like, what do you want us to do, man? Union hours. <laughs> it's like, okay. Well, I guess she'll be fine. She's not going anywhere. But then she wakes up inside of her casket and like she is screaming and pounding on her uh, casket, which is not like it's covered by like an inch of dirt. Um, and Peter's walking away from her and he like keeps turning around because he keeps hearing her pounding on the, on the casket. Um, but he just, he like turns around and he starts walking away again and she starts pounding on it again. He turns around and starts walking away again. It's like, dude, there is something happening that you need to go take a look at. You 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 are hearing what you think you're hearing. Yeah. Uh, so he goes there and breaks Mary out of her casket with a pickaxe. Yeah, he almost kills her. Yeah. It's like this would have been a completely fruitless effort if he'd just been like a quarter inch more to either direction. Yeah. Or either side. Um, <clears throat> so he lets Mary out and she's just, you know, back to normal. This is fine. Yeah. Not tr- like just utterly tra- traumatized by waking up inside of a casket. Right. Yeah. She's like screams, but then she's fine. Yeah. She gets over it real quick. Um, and she goes back to um, Teresa, who <laughs> is uh, the who was leading the seance. And I forgot to mention, there's this fucking idiot de- uh, detective investigating the death of the seance. And he's like, what were you guys doing? You smoking grass? <laughs> it's like, and like, apparently they've all got like police records. And he's like, uh, Oh, you're, you're uh, much better looking than your mugshot." And it's like, it's this black guy. It was, he's, he's clearly Italian because you can, you can tell he's speaking Italian. But then he's dubbed over with this really intense voice. Dude, whenever they dub, black guys i swear it's always the same guy <laughs> yeah and we, it's always just like hey you jive turkeys because <laughs> italians are like well that that's how black men talk <laughs> they talk like that um yeah so they're <laughs> so this is uh detectives they're investigating the the death and um just accusing them of being on like just all these different drugs, but mainly marijuana, because that is really the uh, like the the worst one. Sounds like. Well, yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so yeah, so Peter and Mary are at Teresa's, where they uh, start talking about the Book of Enoch. Um, which basically tells of exactly what Mary was seeing in her vision, that a priest would die and then the dead would start to rise. Again, don't know why. No, it's just foretold in the book of Enoch. Right. A very old and mysterious. Obscure. <laughs> A very powerful and mysterious book whose mysteriousness is only overpowered or over 
Damn, I was trying to quote Dude, Where's My Car, but I, it's been so long since oh. I've seen it. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so Peter and Mary decide they have to go to Dunwich. Still don't know why. Because um, I personally wouldn't go investigate something that I was like had no handle on. I think like after the whole like buried alive thing, I'd have been like, okay, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna walk away from this situation. Let the professionals handle it. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so they go to Dunwich. Um and there's just a bunch of like really inconsequential characters in this. Like there's a guy named Bob who's played by uh, Giovanni uh, Lombardo Radici. Um, he also was in uh, Cannibal Pharaoh, or Ferox. Um, he was the guy that got his dick cut off. Oh, that was the same guy? Yeah. And he just played like an absolute asshole in that. But in this, he's like, I don't know, like some kind of crackhead or something. Just weird. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. I, I couldn't tell if he was like handicapped or just weird i don't know but um let's see yeah and there's just a bunch of guys in like in a bar <clears throat> talking about all the weird things that are going on and yeah town. one of them's like it's clearly bob yeah she's just accusing bob for and no like, reason and then we meet, again don't yeah. know why <laughs> no yeah we meet bob and we find out that he's just weird he doesn't. He seems mostly harmless. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and there's this one guy who. He, it kind of sounds like Bob was like maybe trying to bang his daughter when she was underage or something, but now like he thinks he's like he actually like he's like a fucking rapist and a murderer. Uh. It, eventually, he kills Bob. Yeah. He Bob is like living in their garage. Yeah. Because he has nowhere else to go, and uh, the daughter finds him and then the dad comes in and finds the daughter and bob in the same room that's about it yeah not doing anything how about this in the same room so the guy yeah he straight up grabs bob and puts a drill through his head yeah he killed a man because he thought he was uh like trying to make a move on his daughter yeah that's That's rational that's good (laughs) to say that's completely irrational (laughs) um uh so let's see I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering, remembering all the character names here. Um, there's Mary and Jerry and Peter uh, and Bob. Jerry was the shrink, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, there's Jerry and his assistant slash girlfriend, Emily. Um, Emily goes to help Bob, like, I don't know. He's like some kind of welfare case or something. Or something. Yeah, he, he appears to be homeless. He's just wandering around town. Yeah, he goes into this like abandoned house and he finds like I don't know if it's his <laughs> the sex doll. Yeah, <laughs> he blows it up and he just gets this like lustful look in his eyes. Like I'm, mm, I'm, I'm gonna get all up in there. <laughs> <laughs> but then when he finds it, it's just like you just see the mask at first. Yeah, and like he doesn't even blow it. He like throws it against a wall and it apparently is like it's self inflating. Right, like a fucking. Uh, Lifeboat. Any <laughs> <laughs> port um, in a storm, right? Right. Um, let's see. So, but then he finds a dead body. 
Yeah. And so he... As he's about to fuck the, the, the fuck doll. Yeah. And, you know, you just can't... You, you got to really want it to, to fuck a doll next, <laughs> next to a dead body. Um, and we're talking about, like, very, very dead. Like, covered in maggots and decomposing. Yeah, and, rotting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Emily goes to help, or help Bob... Do She's, something? Yeah. I don't know, move a couch or something. I don't know. Um, and have a sandwich. If, if she finds him, and then what? Like a body starts to rise, or a dead person shows up, and uh, a lot of dead people just kind of appear and disappear in this. Yeah, and there's no explanation. No, I mean it's okay, cool. You know, dead bodies rising from the grave. They're not exactly zombies, as, as you would consider them. Right. They're more. Cool. I mean, they they are, but they aren't. Yeah, I mean, they're they're dead people that have risen from the grave, but they're not. They just have superpowers. Yeah, they can like disappear and teleport or something. Yeah, and and pull the backs of people's heads off. Right, they like reach into people's skulls. And rip off the back of their heads with brains included. They can also just take like a handful of worms and just rub it in your face and kill you that way. Yeah. And yeah. And like, make... like the boogeyman from the WWE. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Come to get you. Yeah. And like, so the, the, the Father Thomas, he keeps appearing to people uh, either, you know, down on the ground or usually swinging from a noose. Like he'll just appear. Yeah. Like, hanging from the ceiling. Every once in a while he'll drop. Yeah. It's like like a bad prop at a haunted house. It's like, <laughs> boom. <laughs> uh, and then he'll make you bleed from your eyes and your mouth. And just puke your guts and out. Puke, literally puke your guts out. Yep. Literally. While your boyfriend just sits there and watches. Yeah, he's like, oh, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, like she starts puking up blood and then it looks like intestines and then, like, her stomach. Pretty sure her heart and, at one point. Yeah. And her, like, liver and shit. Like, everything's just coming out. Um, and then her body just disappears. Yeah. And then she comes back as one of the living dead. So, basically, anybody that dies... So, in that way, they are like zombies. That If you get killed by one, then you come back as one. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I mean, everything reads as zombies, but I just, I don't consider them but, zombies. But they can, except they can disappear and yeah, reappear. And, and, and that's definitely part of it. Um, yeah, so they they go to Dunwich, and I'm not really sure why. Well, they're trying to find what happened to Father Thomas, I guess. Yeah, and I, okay. So I guess somehow the death of Father Thomas is going to open up the gates of hell. Uh, and it's going to cause all the dead to rise from the grave. Um, and on All Hallows' Eve, they're All going, Saints' Day. So, all, sorry, All Saints' Day, they're all going to rise from the grave, and the, there's no, there's no closing. The that's gates it. That's, that's the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I guess they're going to Dunwich to try and stop it. It doesn't seem they don't really seem to have any plan. How? Yeah, I don't think. At least I didn't pick up on it. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. There's just... The story behind this was not very fluid. 
And honestly, I hadn't seen this movie since <clears throat> I was a teenager. Um, and I remembered liking it more then. I wasn't especially keen on it this time. It was a little hard to follow. Yeah. Or, I don't know. I, I guess for me, it wasn't hard to follow. It just didn't make sense if if that makes sense. Well, then, like, they, they finally find Father Thomas, and they stab him in the dick with a cross. And that's all they needed to do. Yeah. And then he's just, like, his, like, old balls just kind of, like, fall out, and then he catches on fire, and then all the other zombies catch on fire. Yeah. And then it's over. Yeah. And then the ending, like, they come out of this tomb, and John John comes running at them, who is this little kid that they helped earlier. Yeah. And then... The- it's Emily's little brother. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and Emily's dead. Yeah, because the dead person that Bob basically pawned her off to. <laughs> so maybe Bob's not a very good person. I don't know what Bob's deal is. Yeah. He might just be not very smart. Could be. Anyway, but at the very end, yeah, like this little kids running towards them, and then Mary starts screaming, and then the screen shatters. Yeah, I read that there was a different ending, and it got ruined. Okay. The rumor I read was that someone spilled coffee on it. <laughs> then I also read somewhere there was a fire, so I don't know which is true. But okay. But apparently the original ending was destroyed, and they didn't have enough money to reshoot it. So Fulci was just like, all right, that's the end now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like, if you read uh, Wikipedia, it says, um, okay, the gates have been closed just before the dead fully rise. Mary and Jerry... Uh, Mary and Jerry exit from Father Thomas's tomb in the graveyard at morning to see John John and the police. Mary and Jerry's relief turns to shock as the realization of the past events becomes all too clear. See, I didn't get that. Me neither. Mary begins to scream as John John is running towards them before the film crumbles to black. Yep. I didn't pick up on that at all. No. As far as I could tell, she was screaming for no reason. Yeah. Like and it was all off camera. Yeah. Like last time you see them on camera, they look happy. Yeah. Um Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know about this one. I really like Fulci. Um <clears throat> but this was just not doing it for me. It's not not his strongest effort. I watched it three times. Because like, I just for just for this episode? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh well, like the first time I, I had it on, but I was like packing stuff. Oh. So like I like I knew what was going on, but I wasn't really paying attention to it. Uh, the second time, um, I just like I'm like what what the fuck is going on? And then the third time, like I still was just like, okay, I mean whatever, because <laughs> there were so many things. It's just like you just had to kind of accept things as they were. Yeah, like there's no explanation behind them. Like, like who is this priest? Why is his death specifically the one that opens these gates? Yeah, and why did he, why kill, did he kill himself? Uh, yeah. Um, like, we always say, you know, too much backstory can ruin a movie, but we need some kind of context. Something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This movie was... I don't know. Not... Probably ex- probably not executed to the to its best self. 
I would like to know what the original ending was. Like, even if it was destroyed, someone has to know, right? Yeah, you couldn't, like, find any, like, mention of it or anything? Yeah. No, no, I couldn't, no. Huh. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. Um, but like I said, this is the first in uh, a trilogy. Um, I haven't seen the Beyond in a while. Um, I know I've seen it, but I don't really remember anything about it. Um, and then House by the Cemetery. It's actually very sim- similar to this. And I think the woman that plays Mary, uh, Catherine McCall, pretty sure she's in house by the cemetery too or maybe she's in the beyond i don't know she's in one of the other movies as a different person <laughs> um i don't know what do you think i mean for me it was it was a little hard to follow i kept getting characters mixed up and it wasn't really that they like looked super similar but i was just like Maybe not just a bunch of guineas. Yeah, it was was just, it it was a bunch of people that were like fairly inconsequential for the most part. And so I'm just like, wait, who's this guy again? How is he related to this person? What's going on? Yeah. I mean, I was, this is the first time I've ever watched it, um, trying to be objective as a, as a, um, reviewer, uh, you know, in, in, in a critical sense. Um, and so I'm watching it. And part of the reason I watched it three times is because, there's not a lot of story. Um, I mean, it's basically Mary dies, Mary comes back to life, they go to Dunwich, and they try to stop the end of the world. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one would probably assume that there are things to fill in those plot points, but there really isn't. All there is is just, like, additional characters that die. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's no story here and you know sometimes you can get away with that but at the same time there wasn't all enough going on to really beef up what was missing you know it's like yeah people would die and you know towards the end when the dead were starting to rise you know they would attack the living and, and kill them and you know, some some of those scenes were pretty grim. Not quite up to Lucio Fulci standards, I think. This was pretty tame when you think of something like uh, like zombie. Yeah. Um, Still though, the the look of the dead is very gruesome. Very like they're all like rotting and covered in maggots. And yeah. How about that one part where <laughs> uh, P- uh, Peter, Mary, Jerry, and what was her name? Deborah. Is that her name? I don't know. Jerry's patient, who he seems to have a very weird relationship with. Yeah. Um, not not like inappropriate. It's just like it seems like they're friends. Right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, they're all standing in Jerry's is it his office or his... I think his office, yeah. Okay. And all of a sudden the window bursts open and this wind of maggots just <laughs> blows in and just... just thousands if not millions of maggots just blow in and they're just like getting stuck in their face and their hair and stuff and jerry's got this curly fro so it's just getting like (laughs) wedged in his hair and then jerry's got a beard or peter no yeah jerry has the beard yeah and so they're all getting stuck in his beard too yeah 
And just fucking maggots everywhere. And, and then it, Deborah then throws up. The carpet looks like, it just looks like it's a carpet of maggots. There's yeah. so many. <laughs> and then it just stops. Yeah. Like, that scene made no sense. Like, why was it there? Yeah. It's like, what what caused this? What was it trying to achieve? Yeah. Just to gross them out? Yeah. I mean, like I said, Deborah threw up. So, I mean. But not like her guts. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, like, near the end, they go down in, in Father Thomas's, uh, family crypt, which just opens up into this fucking catacomb. It's like, who, who does this? What, how, how well off is this family? Who is this family? Yeah. Um, and they just, because maybe that could have explained why his death caused all this. If we knew something about this family. And then they just kind of have this really boring final battle with the, with the undead. And yeah, it's just like Father Thomas tries to give his death stare. Yeah. And then the guy, like I said, he just stabs him in the dick. Yeah. Yeah, he's trying to death stare Mary, and then Jerry's just like, nah, bitch. And he pulls up, he picks up. Not today. Yeah. He picks up a cross that has like a spike at the bottom of it for some reason. <laughs> and just, yeah, rams it through Father Thomas's stomach. And that was all he needed to do to kill him. Yep. Just stab him with something. Maybe, like, did it have to be a cross? Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this movie was definitely lacking in the story department. And, you know, too much story can hinder a, a horror movie, especially when it's supposed to rely on gore. Um and, you know, like the visuals, but there weren't a lot of visuals to go along with it. There was just a lot of stuff that didn't really seem relevant to the story. Yeah. Like the guys in the bar just convinced that Bob is murdering people. For no reason. Yeah. Nothing to back that up. Yeah. It's like the only thing that happens is like eventually the undead come in and kill all three of those guys. And it's like, it wasn't even Bob. Bob didn't even get in there. I mean, not that any of them ever actually talked. No, I take that back. Because one of them was the guy that killed Bob. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Like, the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm realizing things are just missing from this. Yeah, it it kind of felt like this was like a first draft. A little bit, And nobody was like, you got to fill in some stuff here. Yeah. (laughs) There's some gaps in your story. And Fulci would just backhand anybody that challenged him. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's that. Uh, what's your? I mean, are, are, do you have anything else to say? I mean, it's. It sounds like we're like shitting all over it. It's it's still entertaining for the most part. Um, but like I said, very hard to follow, and. Uh, yeah, just a lot of a lot of questions that never get answered. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a Fulci movie, and if you're a Fulci fan, then you should definitely watch it. Yeah, um, but it's it's not his best by any means. And I mean, cool looking zombies or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, they still look cool. The effects are good for their time. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, the 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 one scene where the girl like pukes up all like all of her guts that was pretty good yeah um 
Yeah. And you're just like, when does this end? It's so <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> and I mean that in a good way. All right. Um, so I guess that's it. What, what's, what's your rating? Um, I'm thinking five. I'll give it a six. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is something that I've watched before and, you know, I, I, I'll probably watch again. Uh, it's not s- super great, <laughs> but it's not awful. Um, and I have a soft spot for full chief movies. So, uh, yeah, six. All right. Uh, moving on. Our second film, like I said earlier, is produced by Dario Argento, directed by Umberto uh, Bava. And it is, Le- is it Umberto or Lamberto? I can't remember. It's Bava's. Bava. It is Demons. The preview you are about to watch is for a movie that is unlike any you have ever seen before. It is for a movie that goes beyond temporary fear to everlasting terror. It is a movie called Demons. Yes, the demons are coming, and they're coming for you. Warning, if you have the courage to see demons, sit near an exit. Otherwise, you might never get out. In your theater, who will survive the touch of the demons? And who will not? Demons. With music by Billy Idol, Motley Crue, The Adventures, Rick Springfield, and Saxon. This is no dream. This is happening right now. And it could be happening to you. Demons. They will make cemeteries their cathedrals. And the cities will be your tombs. Will you survive it? Demons. Yep, that's how you say it in Italian. 1985. Italian. Lamberto Bava's. Lamberto. Demons. Uh, so, there's this, this movie, well, both these movies I found on YouTube. Uh, this one took me three different tries to finally find one that was dubbed properly. <laughs> the first one I found had no music. <laughs> they kept all the, the dialogue, but cut out all the music. And so like the opening scene where she's on the subway, it's just silence. And I'm like, is this, is this right? <laughs> like, is this, is this what it's supposed to be? <laughs> and then the second one wasn't dubbed at all. It was all in Italian. So I was like, nope, can't, that's not going to work. <laughs> Didn't even have subtitles. So I was like, nope. This is on... Well, I watched it on Amazon. I watched it on YouTube. But, I, th- I mean, wasn't it on Prime? I don't know. It might have been. I, I have Shutter and Screenbox, so maybe it was one of those. I'm not sure. Might have been. I just watched YouTube. Okay. You watch your YouTube. Yeah, I did. Uh, so, this girl, Cheryl, she's riding in the subway. She's riding along. <laughs> and... As soon as she gets off, she sees this guy whose like face is half metal, 
He like looks like the Terminator or like some kind of tech Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> and she's like, "Don't kill me!" And he's like, "Here's a ticket for a movie." <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and the the ticket just says Metropole tonight, six p.m. and an address. Yeah, and that's it. Again, this takes place in New York, right? Um. <laughs> This says it takes place in Berlin. What? Wikipedia says it takes place in Berlin. Okay. But so she gets her friend, um, Kathy, to go with her. And they they go to the theater. And there's this redheaded chick dressed up like an elf taking tickets. (laughs) (laughs) She's wearing a lime green suit with white lapels and a chunky belt. <laughs> that is an elf costume. <laughs> All she needs is a floppy hat. Yeah. <clears throat> but so Cheryl and Kathy go in there. They meet these two dudes, George and Ken, and they just immediately are like, hey, let's bang. <laughs> I mean, not really, but they're just like. It's kind of like, uh, we're boys and you're girls. Let's, let's, we should let's hang out. Fuck. <laughs> And so they go and they sit together in the theater and there's all these, there's just this cast of characters coming into this theater. Yeah. Uh, you've got the blind guy who for some reason is going to a movie <laughs> and he brings his fucking niece with him so she can explain the whole goddamn movie to him. Yeah. I'd be so pissed if I was sitting in a movie theater and there's just some woman sitting behind me just like, now this guy is going here and he's going to do this. Oh, this woman is wearing a shirt. I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. But she leaves halfway through to go get finger blasted. Yeah. <laughs> um, there actually is a guy in the audience that tells everyone to shut up. Oh, yeah. The older guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's such a prick. <laughs> and he was there with, with his wife, girlfriend, daughter, mistress. Wife, I think. Um, and then there was uh, there's the pimp, Tony. Okay. Who was like, hey, you jab turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> he had like the stereotypical black guy dubbed voice. <laughs> and he's there with two of his hoes, uh, Candy and Mandy. I don't uh, know. Ro- Rosemary. <laughs> Candy and Rosemary. And when they first arrive, there's a prop motorcycle set up and the, the mannequin is holding this mask. And Candy puts on the mask. Thinks she's, no, that's Rosemary. No. Rosemary's the black girl. You sure? Yes. All right. Well, Rosemary then takes the mask and puts it on and it scratches her because it's a prop. You're not supposed to put it on, idiot. (laughs) But so then everybody goes in to watch this movie that they have no idea what it is. Yeah. It's like, it's like I've got shit to do. I'm not gonna go just watch some random ass movie. Yeah, if some guy was just like, "Hey, here's a free movie pass," I'd be like, "What's the movie?" Yeah, and then if he just walked away, I'd be like, "Fuck this, <laughs> put it in the trash." Bye. Um, but so they're watching this movie, and it's about a bunch of grave robbers who are breaking into Nostradamus's tomb <laughs> for reasons, <laughs> just because they found it. So you know why not? They come burning in on their sweet ass dirt bikes. Yeah, and then with their bitches, they open the tomb, and they find a mask that looks like the one in the in the lobby. And somebody puts it on, and it cuts them. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) 
art and, imitating uh, life or vice versa or vice versa who knows only bava knows bobo knows bobo that's knock oh <laughs> i love that movie i don't care if other people think it's shit <laughs> But so Rosemary goes to the goes to the bathroom and she's looking at this cut and then it just like bubbles and then just pops. Yeah. And this horrible yellow green pus liquid comes flying out. I can just imagine that happening to me. Just stand looking in the mirror and it's like, oh fuck. Oh oh fuck. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> am, am, am I dead? <laughs> But so then she turns into a fucking demon. <laughs> but there's no real reason or uh, there's no like there's no point to her having had that big boil that just pops. Not particularly. Like it wasn't. It was an entirely visual thing. Yeah. It's not directly involved with her becoming a demon. Right. But they say in the movie, in the movie that whoever puts on the mask becomes a demon. Right. And, you know, I never really knew Nostradamus to be a demon hunter. hunter. Um, But apparently he was. Apparently. (laughs) But so then she she turns into a demon and she starts going crazy and she, Candy goes to check on her and she ends up killing her. And then she turns into a demon. She gets scratched on the neck. And so she got these like three Adidas cuts on her neck. And then a big boil comes out of one of them and pops. Yeah. That's apparently, that's the thing that happens. <laughs> and then uh, pretty soon there's everybody's demons. Yeah, just hella demons. Just hella demons everywhere. That everybody starts getting clapped up. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they find out that they're actually locked in. Because, of course. Yeah. The, uh, but somehow they built, built walls <laughs> around the doors while they were watching this movie. But somehow this trio of punks and or whatever they were the ragtag group of yeah just like snorting coke out of a coke can yeah (laughs) and uh yeah somehow they managed to get in i don't know i didn't they were like being chased by the cops because they were they were sitting in their car and the cops found them and one of them just like shoved the cops and then they ran away and they ran into the theater yeah I was like, how did they get in? Yeah. I, I, maybe it was one of those things where it's like, you can come in, but you can't get out. Ooh. Maybe. Maybe it was. To make it extra spooky. Um, <clears throat> yeah. They, they were apparently snorting really good cocaine <laughs> out of a Coca-Cola can. Just like, like I, in my mind, it's, it's full. I'm just like, that is so much drugs. <laughs> You shouldn't do that much cocaine. Yeah, especially while you're driving. <laughs> yeah. And then it spills everywhere, and then the guy has to scrape it off the chick's tit Yeah, with a razor blade. And then he's, and he cuts her tit. Yeah. Like, you purpose. knew that was going to happen, yeah. but it's still like every time he's like scraping it, you're just like, ah. Yeah, he's just like, like running like right along her nipple. I know. It's just like, ah, it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it got to the point where like I was so expecting it that I started expecting it to not happen. I was like, they're just going to fuck with me. Yeah. It's like, I just had this like sensation of a paper cut like in my head. And so, I mean, yeah, I've seen this before, obviously, and I was just anticipating that happening. 
It's just like, oh, I know what paper cuts feel like. <laughs> Except it was a razor blade. Yeah. Not paper. Probably worse. Yeah. Cuts deeper. Yeah. And sharper. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. Everybody starts turning into demons. And then uh, uh, George steals the motorcycle. Takes the motorcycle. And where, where did the sword come from? Uh, it was... It was on the, like, the mannequin was holding it. Okay. So, yeah, he just starts, like, slicing and dicing all these demons. Yeah, he just comes blazing into the theater. He just goes, like, full Jason Statham. Yeah. Like, he he rides this, you know, what, 500-pound motorcycle? I don't know what a motorcycle weighs. Me neither, but that sounds about right. Sure. Um, (laughs) He rides it over the tops of these theater seats. Now, not only do I think that would not work, <laughs> but I just watched about 20 minutes worth of people breaking the backs off of these chairs barehanded. To, yeah, to barricade the doors. Uh, so I don't think so. <laughs> Probably not. Oh. I don't even know how he got it up there in the first place. Did you just pop like a sick, like, God damn it. Did you just pop a like sick wheelie? Just popped a wheelie and just went, yes, yes. My jokes are way funnier when I don't stumble over words. <laughs> and then he just like starts chopping off heads and all kinds of stuff. That it was like, why didn't anyone do this a long time ago? Yeah, they make when there see- was like three demons <laughs> instead of like a hundred. Yeah, like so many more people would have been alive if they would just put some effort into it. Yeah, <laughs> instead of barricading themselves in this giant room. And then trying to smash the wall. Right. Because that's logical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, get this, a helicopter crashes through the ceiling. <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Because at this point, why not? Yeah. What, what else is going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Metal Face, he comes along and he tries to stop him. And he gets a face full of rebar for his efforts. Yeah. And then they uh, they get outside and they realize there's just demons everywhere. Yeah, just all Berlin is demons. Sounds like a hardcore screamo album name. <laughs> all Berlin is demons. <laughs> uh, yeah, no real explanation to how it happened. Um, one of them got out at one point. One of them left the theater. Really? Yeah. I must have missed that. I don't remember how. Or why, but yeah, one of them left the theater and then apparently just spread it everywhere. Well, that's fun. But they run into a family in a Jeep, a guy and his two toehead little kids. <laughs> um, oh, it and, is Berlin. Yeah. Oh, because they're... Because they're Aryans. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nazis, get it? Yeah, we got it. <laughs> um, I got spoon feed it to you? <laughs> Uh, so they, they pick him up, and they drive off, and then all of a sudden, Cheryl is a demon, and then so they shoot her in the face, and that's it. That's the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, I, I thought about it, and, and, like, unless I miss something, there is no point in which Cheryl would have been bitten or scratched. Not that I can think of. Yeah, but, I mean, then she's, like, she starts, like, scratching at one of the these boils on like the back of her neck and then yeah then she's a demon it's like 
When the fuck did that happen? Yeah, unless it happened off screen, but then like, what's the point? Yeah, like you, even if you show it like in the background, at least you showed it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's you know over the course of the movie, like there's the the uh, was it um, George and what? What's his friend's name? Ken. George and Ken, and then Cheryl and um, Kathy. Oh, Kathy, thank you. Um, George gets bitten or scratched. You know, he gets scratched. George or Ken? So Ken. Ken. Um, he gets scratched, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, he starts turning into a demon and he wants george to kill him with this fucking samurai sword or a katana or whatever it is um and then yeah then kathy gets uh how, I don't, how did she even get scratched uh because she seemed like she like fainted or something yeah i don't recall yeah some uh some things possibly missing here anyway Yeah, I don't know. Wikipedia kind of jumps from uh, Candy getting infected to George and Cheryl being the only ones left. Oh. It literally just says, like, and then everyone gets infected. <laughs> Not literally. I mean, that's basically what happens. Like, there's nothing of any consequence in between those points. Like, it says, many are attacked and infected by the demons. Yeah. Pretty much. One of the demons escapes into the city when four punks break into the building through a back entrance. And then the punks get turned into demons, too. Right. Uh, yeah. This movie kind of suffers from uh, um, static location disease. Yeah. It's because... I mean, if you if you make a movie... There, there's a certain craft to making a movie that takes place in one place. Yeah. And, you know, Baba, as far as, you know, Italian horror goes, and just horror in general, he's like one of the kings. But just, you know, it takes a special kind of director, a special kind of storyteller to make a movie in one place and have it really just sing, you know? Yeah. But that being said, this movie is a classic. Um, you know, I, I think maybe people that aren't into like Italian horror may not know about it. But if if you are in, into these Italian movies, then it's it's great. I mean, it's it's one of the best or the bests. Uh, it's one of the best made. I think um, the sequels pretty good too it's not as good as this one but kick-ass soundtrack oh yeah this or the sequel this one oh yeah yeah i had fucking billy idol and scorpions and accept and motley crew yeah yeah like in the opening credits i saw that and i was like wait what <laughs> really yeah uh yeah but i mean like as far as like the one location thing, if they didn't, if it didn't all take place within this one theater, then the, the moment where they go outside and see that all of Berlin is turning into the demons wouldn't have 
as big an impact. That's true. And uh, like, I wouldn't have changed the fact that it was in one, one place. I think as far as the story itself goes, having it just be in the theater was effective. Um, but I don't know. Like, I guess my complaint with it being in one place is that it's so easy to make scenes bleed together. Basically, it's just the same thing over and over. Yeah. You know, in this, it's, you know, the 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 people running away from the demons and the demons capturing or, or catching, you know, one or two of them and killing them and turning them into demons. And it's just, it was like that back and forth through most of the movie. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I don't think I would have changed that. It would have drastically changed the entire movie. Well, yeah. Uh, and I love this movie, so yeah. Why would I change it? <laughs> it's a good one. Um, you know, but both these movies have there. There's certain things that you can watch and you just be like, oh yeah, this must be an Italian director. Yeah. Like close-ups of the eyes. That's that's a very common one, and like quick pan ins into an extreme close up of someone's face. <laughs> There's a lot of that or like someone facing the camera and swinging a sword. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Very distinct styles. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know if it was just a sign of the time or just the kind of acting talent that was in these movies because they weren't big budget movies. Sure. I mean, you know, even in seventies and eighties dollars or Lira. Um, but you know, there was just a, a certain corniness to it. And it was, it was, kinda, I think, I think a part of that comes from the dubbing too. That was just about to say that. Yeah. It's, there was it was kind of compounded by the the dubbing because um, I feel like whenever they dub movies they hire like four people max to do yeah. all the voices. Yeah, you know I always took in consideration um, like why they dub why they would subtitle movies rather than dub them. And it's like, well, I mean, in order to do that, you essentially have to hire a, a, a completely like a you have to double your cast. Sub, yeah, and you have to double the the salaries. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So while I do hate subtitles, I understand why some of them aren't dubbed. Sure. Anyway, um, I don't know. I mean, this movie's awesome. Uh, I really love the look of the, uh, the demons, the special effects is really top notch in this. Yeah. This is what? 85. Uh, I want to say yes. Um, yeah, the demons act, um, like the the way that they spread is almost like zombies. Mm -hmm. It's it's a bite or a scratch. Um, yeah, the demons look really cool. They have like glowing eyes, and then they look almost like animalistic. They have big claws. Yeah, and it's weird though because like they have red eyes. Like their their irises are red, but then if you get if they're like backlit, and all you can see is like a shadowed front. And you see like glowing green eyes. Don't know what that's about, but it looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the It is know, 85. Like, I mean, even the poster is just like the the crowd of demons coming towards you with the, the glowing eyes. Yeah. 
And there's one scene where uh, um, Candy is transforming and it's very like body horror ish. Mm -hmm. Her fingernails start like splitting in half and the claws start like pushing out and her boils are coming out of her neck and exploding. Her like she's getting like these pointed teeth. They're pushing her teeth out. out. Yeah. That was grim. That fingernail thing, man. Can't do it. I know. Can't do it. (laughs) Oh man, we were moving the other day and my mother in law broke her nail. Like I've Felt like my gag reflex starting to act up, <laughs> and she didn't like break it down to like the quick or anything. Like I mean, it, it broke right at like where she would have clipped it, but still, just she like held it up and it was just kind of hanging there. I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, entertaining. Yeah, it does have some lulls, um, like you said, a little repetitive, but damn entertaining. Yeah. I mean, like, my my favorite thing about this is just the way the demons look. It's very simple. It's mm-hmm. not over the top. I mean, just some eyes, um, teeth, and maybe maybe a little bit of, like, skin effect, depending on, on the demon or, the, you know, the, the character. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, you know, the claws. But it's not over the top, but it's very effective, very creepy looking. Um, the demons are very feral. Um, what do you think about them watching a movie that kind of explains what's going on in the theater? I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, there's no real logic behind it because it's not, it's not elaborated on. It's not explained. Right. It's not like it like explains how to kill them or anything. Yeah. It's not like someone in the movie is like, oh, well, we need to do this. And someone in the theater is like, well, we better do that too. Yeah. <laughs> it really like. It wouldn't have made a difference if they were watching, like, Marley and me. <laughs> it would have been different tone, probably. Sure, but. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they definitely figured out what was going on faster. Yeah. Uh, you know, who knows how long it would have taken them to realize it. Yeah, that's true. So I guess kind of it did lend itself... But I don't know. It was it's it interesting. It was so meta. <laughs> well, um, let's see where are we at time wise. Time enough. Yeah, I think that's enough. Unless you have more to say. Mm, nope. All right. Number. Um, I'm gonna give it a. Seven. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky number sevens. Lucky Slevin. That's a movie. It is a movie. You're right. Josh Hartnett. Is is Arts and Fartsnet in it? <laughs> <laughs> cool. 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 America's sweetheart, Josh Hartnett. <laughs> <laughs> America's sweetheart. <laughs> uh, I can't believe I keep forgetting to do that. Um. Okay. So yeah, that's gonna wrap things up. Yeah, that was our Italian episode. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like half asleep, guys. Was yeah, it, you're fucking up. I was at a bachelor party, naked. Yeah, I was lubed up from head to toe, and you know I didn't go home till like three in the morning, and then I woke up at eight. <laughs> <laughs>
So I got five hours of sleep. Uh, anyway, but, you know, if you didn't like it, fuck you. <laughs> but make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash <laughs> And if you don't, fuck you. <laughs> no, um. Not doing very well to endear yourself to our listeners here. Ah, fuck it. They're not listening anyway. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> Nobody even cares about our listeners. Remind me to edit that out. <laughs> Um, but no, thanks for joining us, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, we will be back in a couple weeks. Um, what are we watching? I can't remember. Uh, in two weeks will be our full moon episode. Right. We're going to be watching Puppet Master and Subspecies 2. Yeah. Uh, I thought about picking Subspecies 1, but I like Subspecies 2 better, so... I totally expected Castle Freak. I don't really know why, but I just you've talked about Castle Freak so many times that I expected you to. I don't even remember talking about Castle Freak once. You've talked about it a couple of times. This is the same guy that was swore I was obsessed with Super Troopers. You are obsessed with Super Troopers. Well, I'm not. You mean Starship Troopers? Yes. <laughs> you said Super Troopers the other day, so I just got mixed up. Yeah, I say a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of people say a lot of things about Hawaii. What? Don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So full moon episode in two weeks, guys. Till then, Taylor, where can they find us? Graveplotpodcast.com. Check out all our back episodes as well as other content, uh, as well as our merch store. You can also check us out on Facebook or Instagram as Graveplot Podcast or on Twitter at Grave underscore plot. And subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, or wherever else podcasts are found yeah and if you do taylor will suck your dick off probably not he will I'll, but I'll, if you I'll join talk, us don't worry guys i'll talk to him if you join us on patreon.com slash grave podcast you can earn yourself a free sticker and he will suck your dick off. i will probably not do that god you gotta you gotta meet us halfway taylor <laughs> uh okay so that's gonna do it we'll catch you again on the flip flop guys <laughs> Till then, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Ciao. Am I supposed to say it too? Ciao. Ciao. Something's wrong. Cause now it's hey, Mambo. Mambo Italiano. Hey, hey, Mambo. Mambo Italiano. Go, go, go. Mixed up a Sisliana, all you calabrese do the mambo like a crazy with a Hey mambo, don't wanna tarantala, hey hey mambo No more mozzarella, hey mambo Mambo Italiana, try an angelada with the fishy bacala And then hey goomba, I love how you dance the rumba But take some advice by Sano, learn how to mambo If you're gonna be a square, you ain't gonna go nowhere Hey mambo, mambo Italiano, hey mambo Mambo Italiano, go go Joe Shake it like a Giovanna Hello, kiss a digi You get happy in the pizza When you mambo Italiano
You don't have to go to the school Choose to make it with a beat the bambino It's like a bean Kid, you're good looking But you don't know what you're cooking Do you hate mambo?